the Great Lakes and her story is made possible by you, the listener. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash emorris. Hey, greetings and welcome. And here's hoping that you in the U.S. have enjoyed your Thanksgiving and those outside of the U.S. are just happy. That's all I hope for. Um, my name is Everett Morris, and I bring to you the Great Lakes and her story. Uh, I aim for once a month to cover a bit of history, trivia, points of interest, and so on regarding the Great Lakes, the history of, and her story. I normally try to do headlines. Um, I haven't found anything new and exciting to pass along, so that's it, it's getting a little interesting to try to find something new. But we are working on it. We're trying to find sources, and that's really the big thing. So if you have any points of interest, ideas, suggestions, contact me directly at Everett at churchstreetstudios.online would be super appreciative of your help and input. So, this is the long-awaited Thanksgiving episode. Uh, in this episode, we are going to cover um, some food. Why not? Food that was served aboard Great Lakes ships. My source is a combination of NPR and a book by Paula K. McKenna, uh, The Ships of the Great Lakes Cookbook. I know. Never saw that coming. Um, it was a book given to me by my mother. And, of course, she had picked it up because she loved cooking. And my dad was, of course, the Great Lakes fanatic. So it really kind of made them both really happy. Well, gravity and boxes and whatever else being as it may... Um, I testify I have a copy, but I can't find it. So I've had to refer to NPR for a couple of quick recipes. After that is the big surprise. So anyway, we start out. Now this was a recipe uh, served aboard the uh, MV Canadian Progress. Um, it served the Upper Great Lakes group and... The recipe, Hungarian beef goulash. And this is what you need to make it. Uh, five to six pounds stewing beef. Four cups onions, roughly chopped. Um, two teaspoons garlic, minced. Six to eight cups beef stock. You want that hot. Four green peppers, thin julienne cut. Uh, flour as needed. Alright, now there's a sauce to go along with it. Uh, we'll cover that in just a moment. Um, so you'll trim the stewing beef, uh, cut all the fat and gristle off, uh, cut the beef into one inch cubes, and you want to place that in a pan, uh, pan and brown uh, in a hot 450 degree oven. Stir in the onions and the minced garlic. 
then you'll go back once that's brown and well done uh, reduce oven temperature to 400 and brown an additional 10 to 20 minutes so it's probably not going to be well done by the time you turn that down uh, but you'll brown it for another 10 to 20 minutes stirring occasionally transfer the roasting pan to the stovetop now you'll want to put that on a medium low heat and stir in enough flour to absorb the fat. Um, at that point, you'll cook and stir over low for five minutes. Now, let's go back to the sauce recipe. For the sauce, you'll need 10 ounces of tomato, tomato sauce, two tablespoons cider vinegar, one third cup brown sugar, one bay leaf, one and a half teaspoons caraway seeds, but you want those crushed. Four to five tablespoons Hungarian paprika. Three quarter cup Worcestershire sauce. One and a half teaspoon dry mustard. A half a teaspoon ground black pepper. And for me, half a gallon of cayenne, but you'll probably only want a pinch. Now... Once you get all that put together, um, you'll reduce the temperature in your oven to 300 to 325. Uh, you'll place covered roaster back in the oven. Uh, you'll want to stew that two and a half hours until the beef is tender. Stir in the julienne green peppers, and you want to do that in the last half an hour it's in the oven, and then cover the pan again. Now, Yay, here comes the fun part. Then we taste and adjust the seasonings. That's where we add the other five pounds of cayenne pepper. Um, if necessary, though, you'll want to thicken the juices on the stovetop with a slurry of cornstarch and cold water. Really easy to do that. Um, now, you can put all that on egg noodles. I would probably go rice because we like to try to minimize the starches. Um, I don't know which is actually less, come to think of it. I should know this, but um, yeah, I would put it over, you know, either over uh, egg noodles or rice, probably. Um, they suggest egg noodles. And then off you go. Um, Hungarian type paprika is essential for the right flavor. Do not substitute Spanish paprika. That'll make a big difference. Um, okay. So now we jump into the tortillere. This is a French-Canadian meat pie. Uh, its origin is from Quebec. This was served aboard uh, also the MV Canadian Progress. Um... Here's your ingredient list. You'll start out with five pounds ground pork, three medium onions, finely diced, four garlic cloves, minced, three teaspoons of salt, one teaspoon ground cloves, one teaspoon dried thyme, one and a half teaspoons dried sage or dried savory, one teaspoon ground black pepper, two cups water, 
one and a half to two cups fine dry breadcrumbs. Now, for the pie dough. For those of you who aren't really happy with doing pie dough, um, man, I'm going to suggest it. I am not selling a product. I am not endorsed by a product, but frozen pie shells are genius. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you can't go wrong with the darn things. So, uh, but if you want to do the dough yourself, and this is actually enough for double pie crust. So you'd, it seems to me that you'd be able to make two pies out of the deal. Uh, four cups flour. One pound shortening. Wow. Uh, three to four cup ice water. And one teaspoon salt. Yeah. Anybody who's baked a pie, yeah, that's pretty much a no-brainer. You guys know what you're doing. Um, for you that have not... It's all over YouTube. I guarantee it. Um, so I'm not going to get into the pie dough because yeah, we all kind of know. Uh, so anyway, now once you get the pie dough in the pan, place all the filling ingredients except the breadcrumbs into a stock pot. Uh, you'll want to bring that to a low boil stir and cook for over well, well right around 20 minutes breaking up the meat until pink disappears so you want the meat all the way done remove that from the heat and stir in the one cup of breadcrumbs let stand and cool for 20 minutes now if all the fat and liquid is not absorbed stir in remaining breadcrumbs so you want to start out a little slow and then add more if you need it uh, you want to cook that mixture well and spoon that into the pie shells. You want them level. You don't want them over, like, rounded off in the center or whatever. You just want it nice and level on the top. Uh, mixture should not be too moist or too dry. So somewhere in the middle. Really nice and juicy happy. Uh, you want to cover those with the pastry. First brushing the rims with the white of an egg. What that does is once you, you brush the edges and then you put that pie shell on top or the pastry, however you got it cut, what that does is that adheres that edge and then that way it doesn't all fall apart when you cook it and serve it. Yeah, you kind of need to do that. Makes it happy. You want to make these things happy. Um... You know, if, if pie had the motion, this would really make it happy. Um, so anyway, yeah, so once you do that and then you flute the edges, make them all pretty, and then you're going to bake that in the oven at 400 degrees for 35 minutes. Now this makes four 9-inch pies, or one 36-inch pie. <laughs> yeah, gotta do that. So anyway, all right, now there are a little bit of a variations you can run with, all right? Um, the beef stock can be used in place of water. Finely diced or grated, boiled, and cooled potatoes can be substituted for the breadcrumbs. Um, man, it almost seems like you could probably get away with making a, about a cup or two of mashed potato um, that may actually work as well um, 
seasonings can, of course, be changed, varied, and uh, experimented with. I do like the experimentation when I'm cooking. Um, it took a long time for my wife and I to find recipes that we both enjoyed. And, you know, that way we knew exactly how to make them later. And so experimentation is always good. Um, these do freeze. Now, here's where I would experiment. I would uh, do up the pie dough. And maybe not necessarily a pie itself, but more in the Michigan form of the pasty, uh, making them little old-fashioned hot pockets. If you've got, uh, say, if you got the the pie shell, um, you know, flat rolled out already, you know, say uh, frozen or refrigerated pie shells, uh, Pillsbury is a good one. Um, you know, roll those out, put the stuff in the middle there, and then wrap it all up nice and tight, and then stick those on a pan and bake them. Heck yeah, make little Hot Pockets out of them. Now, dropping the name Hot Pocket. I am not endorsed, nor pushing Hot Pockets. Heavens, no. But I will tell you this. There's nothing better around our house. We've got two kids, and there's nothing better around our house than to take those two sandwich or those little sandwiches roll them all up in a little fist-sized ball and then you can carry them around with you i mean yeah it's convenient you can't go wrong yeah so give that a shot let us know post pictures send pictures i would love to see if anybody tries these recipes uh please do now we always want dessert after that really big fancy meal don't we Goodness knows my boy does. He's five years old, and that's one thing he knows how to ask for politely is dessert. Well, I got one for you. You're going to love this. It's a dump cake. Dump cakes are genius. Um, this one was served aboard the SS Courtney Burton, and uh, this operated under the Ogle Bay Norton Company. I'm going to rattle off a whole bunch of ingredients, and then we're going to talk about how to put it all together. It's really dreadfully easy. Um, you just throw a bunch of stuff in a pan and bake it. It's genius. I love dump cakes. Um, so here, here's the ingredient list, anywho. One can cherry pie filling. One 15-ounce can of crushed pineapple. Do not drain it. One box of white or yellow cake mix. I like yellow. Makes a little more sunshiny. White is just plain. Bleh. Vanilla. Bleh. Anyway. One stick and two tablespoons margarine. So you need a little bit over a stick. One half stick or four tablespoons of butter. Butter and margarine in this so you know it's going to be good. And then cool whip. So, directions, super easy. You can't mess this up. This would be a great little something for you and the kids to get together and do. Um, kids love dumping things into a pan and just stirring it about. I mean, it's almost inbred into their nature. They would love it. Um, so, where do we start? We dump the pie filling and the pineapple into a 9 by 13 inch pan. What are you going to do with it? Mix it together. 
Um, you're going to sprinkle the dry cake mix over the top. Cube the margarine and the butter, placing that above the cake mix. Bake at 350 to 375 degrees for one hour. Done. Whipped cream. Served. Happy kids. Happy family. Do it. I gotta see this. Man, reading this one, I wanna do it myself. I may substitute the cherry for the apple. That's about the only substitute I think I would do. Um, it seems to me that you could actually do that with cherry or apple. <sighs> yep, sounds good. All right. So now, here's the fun. This is where the fun comes in. I love the fun. This whole episode is being basically live tape. I did not write any of this ahead of time. I am just referring to written material. You are about to hear me come up with a wonderful, elaborate story off the top of my head. And this is her story. This is the part where I always get to tell a little something exciting. The exciting part is this. Thanksgiving aboard the Kiwatin. Now, I am referring to material that was sent to me by Wayne Coombs. Uh, he has been in touch with me. He represents the uh, SS Kiwatin. And it has been given permission to me to kind of create this story based on what he sent me, which is a transcribed menu from when she was very active. Now, here's the cool part. Um, he tells me in an email, here's the menu. I don't know in what years it was in use. Man, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's just fun to imagine this being any year, any time, any season, doesn't matter. And in this imagination, I am going to use it in the time of Thanksgiving. Um, there is no documented proof that this food was served aboard the Kiwatin during Thanksgiving. But who cares wins? It's going to be fun. So now let's close our eyes. Let's think. Let's picture ourselves walking aboard, coming in the port, making our way to our stateroom, putting our bags away that our stewards have brought to us, and then we start walking the decks. The greenery, the, the carpet, the lighting, everything is just making us happy and welcome, taking every bit of weight off of our shoulders. And then, what's that smell? Oh, man. Is it turkey? Is it Cornish hens? Is it soups? I can tell you exactly what it is. <clears throat> I'm getting up and walking around and enjoying the view. And, and all of a sudden I sit down and I'm like, oh, man. The dining room is palatial. It's beautiful. They've got a fire going. And... They bring to me this menu, and I've got the options of beef langlais and tomato bouillon, poached British Columbian salmon with bechamel sauce. Um, my daughter, she goes for the boiled sugar cured ham with spinach. 
now my son he may go for the beef l'anglais but i kind of push him to try the young chicken with dressing and apple jelly and of course my wife she goes for the roast sirloin of beef served completely with yorkshire pudding i try the salad I want to start out with it. I think that's just absolutely fantastic. And you know what? You have the option of French dressing or mayonnaise. I go for the French. Um, mayonnaise dressing would be easy and it's wonderful and, and it has a life of its own. But French dressing, I think, aboard the uh, Great Lakes ship would just be fantastic. So, of course, now you've got your choice of boiled or mashed potatoes and vegetables or vegetables rather um i'll take the fresh vegetables in season i think that with the uh oh what did i darn well go with i went with the beef l'anglais i believe i think the vegetables in the beef l'anglais would be a fantastic uh, comp, uh combination after all that now you've got a choice of desserts man the the desserts you got to pick from are pretty outstanding you can either go with the baked rice pudding with lemon sauce, walnut, walnut cream pie. Now they do have various cakes too, so you have your choices of those. Uh, ice cream, fresh fruit, Canadian cheese, or Stilton cheese. My mom was a big fan of Stilton cheese, so I think I'll go with that and a little bit of um, walnut cream pie. Yum. I'm sorry, that just sounds amazing. Now after all that... You know, you're sitting there, you're, you're rubbing your little belly, you're all fat and happy now. We kick back, got the fire going, the whole family's happy. And we make our way to the stateroom. We're basically trying to push each other along because we've eaten far too much. We're just relaxing and telling stories and regaling each other as to what we're thankful for. That's where I lead to this moment. This is probably pushed heavy with emotion and sorry, you know, it is what it is. I am thankful above all else for the health, my family, their happiness, things that have improved in our lives, uh, both health and financial and so on. I am thankful for the influence of my father and of course the positive influence of my mother who's still alive thank god she keeps me <laughs> keeps me focused keeps me centered and always reminds me that the only thing that is important in this life are your family members and their happiness i am thankful for my dad his influence in the passion that he had regarding the Great Lakes. I think that this would be something that he would be gaga over. To have that passion passed along to his kid. And of course he would find some way, though, you know, about the only thing he could ever operate technologically was a TV. But by golly, he would find a way to enjoy this podcast, I think. Um, for that, I'm thankful. You know, every last bit, oh my gosh, if if he was here with us, this would be like a 10-hour episode, <laughs> I guarantee it. You know, and, and that's really the biggest thing, I think.
Be thankful for those that you have in your life, the joy that they bring you, and know that they appreciate the joy that you bring them. Never take that for granted. Embrace it. Enjoy it. It's a thankful season. Pretty soon, we've got the Christmas episode coming up. And that's one more thing to be thankful for. Because you know what? It's going to be huge, and I'm not going to give any spoilers whatsoever. It's going to be amazing. I've got a really big, thick book devoted to just the Christmas episode. That's going to be a long episode. May wind up being broken down into two parts. That will be exciting. Worst case, part one for Christmas, part two for New Year's. We'll see. But until then, thank you. I am thankful, as always, for everyone that listens to this, gets joy out of it, and who knows, you may just wind up getting a little bit of a history lesson. But if you appreciate this podcast as much as I appreciate being able to make it, go to patreon.com forward slash emorris, and at that point, you can learn how to... Uh, contribute, be part of the episode, give feedback, uh, please do so at everett at churchstreetstudios.online. We would love your ideas and your feedback and your thoughts. This episode was, I, I, man, you know what, I'm just happy to do it. Um, this episode is not going to take much editing because, I'll be honest with you, it was right off the top of my head. And it may be obvious, who knows, who cares. I was happy making it. And that's, you know, uh, the joy that I feel right now, I hope I pass along to you. Yeah, this episode was literally live, uh, straight to tape, not written, not anything, just little bits and pieces off the top of my head. Um, some information passed along to you from NPR uh their website and an email that i got once again thank you to uh, mr coombs with the ss kewatton i uh, greatly appreciate your time and trouble believe me and uh, i really would like to get him in an interview uh, you know to actually get some uh, stories on where the uh, Kiwatan has been, where it is now, and where they are going with it in the future. Um, if, uh, if you've been listening, you'll probably realize it's actually my favorite ship. Uh, it was a ship that my father and I toured, uh, him and I together. And, you know, those are memories that are dear to me. And that ship has a connection, uh, an emotional one. And so for Mr. Coombs to... Uh, coordinate with me on this. I certainly appreciate it. Um, once again, thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode, which I refuse to give any spoilers on. For Christmas, it may wind up being towards the tail end of December. And, you know, for those of you who have subscribed, I really appreciate your time and trouble in doing so. Pass the word along. Um, you know, if this is your first episode, <laughs> welcome to the madness. Um, 
our madness is uh, just enjoying the Great Lakes history and talking about it. So if you have any ideas, suggestions, uh, give us some feedback. Everett at churchstreetstudios.online And once again, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Have yourself a great Christmas. And uh, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will be talking to you in the near future. This has been a production of Church Street Studios. To learn more, go to churchstreetstudios.online. Yeah.